Welcome to the Embodied CEO Podcast. I'm Kirsten, and while I'm an integrative performance dietitian by trade, a mom of three, and a wife, I am also a nearly two-decade entrepreneur turned business mentor, and I've seen all sorts of iterations of how to do business. And I'm tired of female business owners not fully stepping into their power because the road we've been told we have to take to get here sucks. In this podcast, I'm empowering entrepreneurs to trust their voice and expertise, to start thinking big when it comes to their business, and to move forward unapologetically toward goals that don't have to make sense to other people. Let's have the big conversations. Let's lay it all out on the table. And let's support each other forward in this crazy journey of entrepreneurship. Oh, and let's have some fun while we're doing it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Embodied CEO podcast. And I wish I had recorded about 10 minutes ago, because if you guys could have seen the madness that just ensued, we wouldn't have had to have this podcast because it would have just been the perfect representation of exactly what we're going to talk about today, money and work with your spouse, because this right here was the perfect visual. I wish I would record video on this podcast because today would have been the day to do it. But I'm glad you're back after last episode because I was in a mood in the last episode. It was um, it was dark. I went to a dark place in the last episode. But but I have the perfect person here today who knows all about my moods, <laughs> knows that they can fluctuate wildly, sometimes on a dime. He loves me anyway, or at least so he says. We have a legal document that says he has to stick around till death do us part. So anyway, I'm super excited to introduce to you today um, one of my favorite people. I can't say my favorite person anymore because we have made three people. So now I have to lump them all together. That's like, that's the rule. Once you have kids, that's the rule. You're no longer allowed to claim your spouse as your favorite. But my special guest today is definitely one of my favorite four people on this planet and the one who knows me the best. Sorry, mom, you've been replaced. He knows me the best. Let me introduce to you my husband, Christian Screen. Welcome to the show, babe. Hello, Kirsten. Excited to be here on your podcast. Are you, actually? <laughs> well, the calamity at the beginning notwithstanding. Yes, absolutely. And for everyone listening, um, it is currently 12, 18 p.m. Our recording time was scheduled for 12. <laughs> and for those of you who know me and my husband, um, you know that that, of course, it's 12, 18 that we hit record because in our house, we have two time frames. We have two time zones in which we live. We have real time, <laughs> which is what the rest of the world functions on. And then we have what we lovingly call screen time. And I know I am now a screen, but I'm a screen by marriage. Let me just be really clear there. So screen time, when you're a screen by blood, is a very different scenario. It, it, it is always like add 15 to 30. Just do. Just add 15 to 30 and just go get a coffee, go sit and go catch up on some reels, watch some YouTube shorts, do something because we ain't ready. We just ain't ready. Yes, but I love you anyway. Ready. We, ain't, we ain't ready yet. No, I will say as a, as a tech guy, there was just a lot of tech issues at hand. At the very beginning, but we are here now. But listen, I'm going to jump in here. As the tech guy, I have had many guests on this episode. No one's had these tech issues other than the tech guy. Is it? You know what it is? It's I think amazing. it's because you put software to, through tests that no normal user puts software through. Normal people just do the most obvious thing. And you're like, what would happen if I try to also add these seven layers? And then you go <laughs> from there and then the whole thing crashes and nothing works. So like, stop doing that. Don't do that. You know, it's it's all the little um, accoutrements that go with, right? You've got, you've got your AirPods, you've got your laptop versus your phone, you've got the app. So which one do you pick? Which one's going to be better? How's Never it going to lay Never the phone. Out? 
you know, never no the phone. No one takes the phone. There's not Do a human a I know that would record a podcast on a phone, except, of course, yes, <laughs> my dear husband. Yes. Do you know that I talk about you on the podcast a lot, actually? I reference you a lot, but actually you don't know because, of course, you don't listen to my podcast. And why would you? I never used to listen to yours. Full disclosure, Christian used to have a podcast. Um, it was really good from what I understand. I've never listened to a single episode because <laughs> it was all tech. In my defense, yeah. it was all tech. But do you know that I talk about you a lot on here, actually? I've heard. I've heard, From? I've, heard, I've heard good things. I, I think in passing, I was passing? the debrief. I, I, I get the debrief, debrief from almost every podcast. In the fan letters? Yeah. Are you getting I, the fan I, letters? I see the fan mail come through to you and then the podcast. Oh, I thought for so you. Kudos. I thought oh, maybe no. you're getting fan mail no. from my reference. No, to I, I, I only get hate mail, so I don't know about that. Not from my people. Not Anyone who sends people. my husband hate mail, um, send it to me first so I can proofread. <laughs> check for accuracy. Exactly. I have to check references and be like, no, this timeline is wrong over here. We got to add this event. No, no hate mail, please. Nobody send hate mail. But did you know what I wanted to talk about on this podcast? Like, Did you have any inkling when I said, come on the podcast, what I wanted to cover? Maybe at a high level, but let, let's get into it. Well... People have obviously heard background and reference of our journey together, our entrepreneurial journey together and where we are now. But the reason I wanted to have you on here is because obviously you know that most of my listeners are going to be female entrepreneurs kind of doing their thing online, a lot of them stepping out of spaces where they weren't fully embodied in what they were doing and their own, you know, their own strength and power in running these kind of businesses. And on that journey, we have stages of growth that aren't always comfortable. And you and I have been on that journey together. So I want to kind of address the pieces that have gotten me where I am today that you have witnessed and that you've contributed to, and also some of the, for lack of a better word, headbutting that you and I have gone through over the, the two decades. Did you know it's been two decades, babe, by the way? This year, it's two decades. It's amazing. This month is actually our wedding anniversary. We're recording this in March, our wedding anniversaries this month. But we have known each other for two decades this year. So through that time, We've had ups and downs with, you know, entrepreneurship and money, of course, because we're spouses. And this is a normal conversation, I think, that all spouses have. But there's, a, there's an added layer when it's also entrepreneurship. So I want to touch on when you and I first, well, actually, I'm going to tell a story in just a second, because you know me, I go on tangents, so I'm going to do that. But <laughs> when, when you and I first kind of stepped into this entrepreneur, he's laughing because he knows, into yeah. this entrepreneurial world together, like you were all in and I was like all the way out. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? This is so scary. Like I am all the way out. Yes. Very apprehensive. Yes. Very, I say, what the fuck? He goes apprehensive. This is also our marriage right here. He's always like, you swear like a sailor. I'm like, I sure do. And it's the best. But I want to step further back because you were not apprehensive. You were all in. And that's all I've ever known of you from an entrepreneurial perspective. And I've done a lot of like discussion with you over the years of like, why do you think you are this way? And I'm this way and, and come to some conclusions. And I want to talk through that with our audience. But before I just kind of run with things here because you're here and we want to hear from you. Tell the people, all the people listening, a little bit about how you grew up because you and I grew up very differently from a money perspective, sort of like what we were taught and what we were modeled from from money and kind of how you know money is available or isn't or whatever. Uh, and I'm going to touch on mine after, but kind of tell people your story. Do we have enough time for that? <laughs> we'll start. No, this is 30 minute podcast. I'll try to keep it wrap as it up. As possible. I, you know, small town, uh, Southern Virginia kid, just trying to figure things out. You know, I think when you're younger, like money's not a big thing. You start seeing other kids having things that you don't have, right? All the trends that are out there. Some of you guys might remember simple things like swatch watches, right? Or, uh, 
what was it called? Z Cabarici jeans, like all, all these little things, you know, as you're growing up and you see these things, uh, Air Jordans eventually kind of came thing. And uh, not as a very materialistic person myself, it's just kind of like, well, how are, how are kids or how are people getting these things? And so kind of grew up in, you know, probably a lower middle class type family, four siblings. So there was always kind of this uh, competition for, let's call it competition for resources in general is probably the simplest way to define it. And so kind of a, a, a home that was always, you know, kind of pinching pennies, cutting coupons. That was, that was a, a normal Sunday activity, right? Sunday paper, cutting coupons. This all seems very uh, archaic now that I'm kind of mentioning it because everything's digital now. <laughs> People do it now. It's just I know. Online. I know. Just revisiting yeah. these kind of things. So from the very beginning, it was, how's this going to work? How are we going to get this? You know, school shopping. So things are, like I said, resource constrained. And for the most part, thinking about future concepts of what does the future hold, right? Like, you know, jobs early on, as, as soon as, you know, work permits and things were, were cleared, it was, hey, go get a job so you can kind of do these things. You've got a little extra lunch money and types of things like that. And so from the very beginning, it was just kind of this vision of other people are doing things. I eventually want to do some of those things. And just kind of seeing it from the outside looking in, I think some of it was instilled by just a desire, a curiosity to kind of see how one could prosper, see how one could reach reach certain levels or attain certain things. And so a lot of kind of going through that process, I think that that risk-reward concept slash drive is just kind of instilled there. I think also what it what that kind of did, me growing up anyway. A lot of risky adventures, right? Trying to trying to go out on that limb, trying to you know reach that that fruit, and and sometimes that journey and trying to reach you know climb out onto that branch wasn't always met with either success or reward. But it was one of those things where you know it was kind of better than where you started. So that risk was just something that was just like necessary. It just became part of the part of the journey. Do you feel like that was modeled to you at all? Like if you had to say, like, was there a modeling of here's what you need to go do in order to be able to even potentially have a reward? Like did people, did your did your parents, did the people around you kind of show you you got to go out there and hustle a little bit to try to get anywhere? Was that modeled or was that just something you did because you didn't have extra? Yeah, I think there's different levels of that, right? So so my 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 mother. She was one of those uh, types of folks, you know, homemaker. She had, you know, she went to university. She, she went to a HBCU. She had a degree, but took that role as the, the homemaker, right, early on. So some of her hustling kind of, I think, kind of came through in my soul where we would see her go out, for example, making these kind of, I don't know what you would call them, uh, these, these kind of tchotchkes. The Bible stands. Yeah, so she had this one concept. Yeah, the Bible stands and the yeah, scrunchies, scrunchies and the for things. Girls, and teams. Yeah. So she was out there. She would go to these events and, and sell these things. You could kind of think, sell, sell her, her wares, wares. right? Counting door-door. You know, she'd get a table at the flea market. And, you know, it was just enough to kind of bring home, you know, dollars, you know, to, you know, let's say order a pizza on a Saturday night or maybe maybe save up to buy uh, some some extra clothes for, for us kids for school this this goes back to like layaway concepts. Uh, if you guys remember what layaway mm-hmm. is, and then you put some money down, keep paying until you can take it off layaway. So these types of things, Kmart, Kmart baby. you know, um, all, all these types of stores I used to have that back in the day. And so I think that be kind of came kind of uh, something that was just entrenched. You know, you go out there. You, if you're going to make something happen, you're going to have to do it yourself. 
Which is, uh, and, and you and I have had this conversation obviously so many times, but it's such contrast to how I grew up, which is what brings us to where you and I are today, right? But like quick synopsis, I grew up very differently from that with parents where everything was logically lined out, lined up in front of you always. And my dad was the career guy of you pay your dues, you do this job for three to seven years, you hope they give you a 3% raise, and then you, you know, buy for the next promotion and repeat, lather, rinse, repeat. The, the lesson that it always was from, our, from my parents parents was get a good job, save for retirement, put your head down and do the work, right? It wasn't ever go out and try something. It wasn't ever go and make the thing work. It seemed like a safer place to be, right? Because that's what my parents sold it to me as. Like, this is the safe way to do things because it's predictable and you know what's going to happen. And there's always enough food on the table and we always have ability to buy, you know, to buy school clothes. And I remember my mom and I would after school, you know, go to the mall and be like, let's put this all on the credit card and then we'd pay it off and whatever. It was a very different way to grow up. So when I first met you, and I didn't know anybody, by the way, in my, because you grow up in the mm -hmm. circles, right? Like you have your circle and this, your circle tends to be very similar. So upper middle class upbringing, lots of security. And, you know, like we do the stable, quote unquote, logical thing. So when I first met you and you told me that you were an entrepreneur, full disclosure, I legit in my brain was like, he's unemployed with no <laughs> prospects. <laughs> like that was literally when I asked you, so what do you do? Because we met like when I was doing my nutrition internship, again, the logical next thing, I'm continuing my postgraduate education so I can get a good stable job, right? And then I ask you what you do and you're like, well, I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm like, oh my God, the man has no job <laughs> and he has no future and he has no purpose. <laughs> that was my first, did you know that that was my thought? Did not, but um, I'm glad you're finally telling me that. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still here 20 years later, so it's all good. But it like le legit terrified me a little bit because this wasn't like this was unknown territory to me. This this did not compute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I want to this is what I want to dig into and connect a little bit. We've been on this journey since you and I with your entrepreneurship and me initially, you know, going through the education stuff and stepping into the solid, you know, the here's the job with the benefits and all the things. And you didn't have the job with the benefits. And you were like, we're going to go try this thing. And now we're going to go try this thing. And it was like, we're going to put some effort over here. And you've never failed. Like even when businesses haven't taken off, because we have now been through many iterations yes. of businesses over yes. our 20 years, even with the few in the middle that didn't take off, you've never failed. But I, in the beginning, had such fear for putting any kind kind of effort and money into things with no guarantee of success. I feel like I feel, and you tell me how you feel, but I feel our upbringing of what we were exposed to financially and what we were told and shown by our parents put us into those positions where I was like, it has to be secure and I have to know what the ROI is going to be and I have to know the outcome. And you were like, I just have to go do and see what happens. Do you agree? Do you think that's how we got there? I, I do agree. Short answer. Yes. Is there a longer answer hidden? Uh, potentially, yeah. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, right, these two different sides of the, of the coin, if you will, create kind of a bit of a yin and yang, right? Because I think you can get in, in trouble or you can get stymied by going too far down one path, right? Or, or you know, like you said, go get a, a stable job, work for 10 years for 1% raise every year that's what you're seven percent inflation yes <laughs> <laughs> exactly and, and that works for some people right some people are very comfortable in what they know and what they're doing they don't like change they, they don't want to step out onto that ledge or climb out onto that branch either because they can't they can't see they, they're not creative enough or somebody hasn't walked them down step by step incrementally on if you do this and this will happen if this you do this so forth and so on or you're, you're come from the other side 
and you just want to take all these risks without and, and throwing caution to the wind at, at every single step, right? And so I think sometimes there's a people can luck out, right? They are just they they go to the right university, uh, they get into the right college or school inside the university, and they just you know step by step they've got a mentor that's just guiding them. To me, that's kind of like getting drafted into the NBA, right? Yeah, like. It it will happen for some people, but it's few and far between. It's few, you know. It's it's some people say it's like winning the lottery, right? Like it's going to happen to a very, 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 very micro percentage of, of people. The other percentage of us, <laughs> we actually have to to to, to work for it, put a little bit of concentration into it, learn the subject matter of whatever that is, get some confidence in, in something, learn these these skills and trades of, of how to sell, how to be consistent, how to be persistent, uh, everything that you're teaching in order to to move forward and you know be successful there. You just said, I feel like the key word, and I'm going to add a word to it, but you just said confidence and also a whole lot of bravery, right? Like when you and I first stepped through all of this, and obviously we decided very early on that this was it for both of us and we're going to build a life together. And um, now you're stuck and you can't leave because uh, now you have three children. <laughs> Haha. Also, I'm amazing. Why would you? Anyway, you're also pretty cool. But the point is we stepped into this and we decided that we were going to build this life together. And now it was confronting these two very different ways of approaching money and approaching approaching security. And I had only ever seen my parents' way, even though my dad was like miserable in his job a lot. <laughs> my mom was miserable with us moving a lot, but it was stable, right? It was predictable. And I saw that. So when you then had these ideas for like, this is my next business venture, in my brain, it was sort of like, it was fine that this is what he was doing before we were together. But like, now we're talking about security and a future and children and houses. And like, we can't keep trying these things and he has these wild ideas and he wants to go do this business but then next year we're going to go do this business and it took me a minute like it took me a lot of soul searching and also a lot of what's the word like a lot of hand holding almost from you to guide me through that emotional roller coaster of but I'm scared like I'm scared what if we take this money and we put it over here which then brings me to the word I was going to add right bravery because you just had that. And I think you had it from a necessity perspective, like maybe not by choice. You probably would have loved a little bit more security growing up financially than you probably <laughs> had access to. But it gave you that beautiful gift of bravery where I only had the gift of planning. Mm -hmm. And we could have gone either way with that. We could have gone with the, this is not going to work, right? Finance is the number one reason marriages don't work or whatever, right? We could have gone that route, but we didn't. Like we went the route of, I'm going to lean into your bravery a little bit and borrow some from that and trust because I love you mm -hmm. and I trust you and I've never seen you not succeed at something. And you are still working on the planning part with me. <laughs> We're still pulling <laughs> you into that side. Maybe being on time as well, but you, you know. know, I mean, we're better than it used to be. Um, but like we, we kind of, I feel like just took those two pieces that were, we were on very opposite extremes and we have kind of over the years worked into a center where my level of risk aversion used to be like my level of risk aversion was a hundred. I was a hundred percent avert to any risk whatsoever. <laughs> and yours was zero, which was also not ideal because, you know, for stability, maybe yours was two. I'll give you a little bit. Liar. Of it was it was two, maybe a seven. I don't know. But like neither extreme ideal for building a life and, and future and whatever. And we kind of came together over time in the middle of that. The story that always sticks out to me is the very first time you and I sat with our financial planner 
to talk about, you know, after the IT business was sold and, do- and done, what do we do and where do we put it and how do we move forward? And you and the planner were both just like, we're young. We have all this time. Everything needs to go into high risk. And do you remember my face? I was like, I'm, I'm like literally sweating. Yeah. Like my palms <laughs> were sweating. <laughs> Knees weak, palms sweaty. Yes. 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 Vomit on my sweater already. Yes. Like it yes. just wasn't like I couldn't do it. But like I'm better. Would you say I'm better now with the risk part? A- absolutely. But you know, and then you still have that brain, that planner brain that wants to conserve a little bit and, and make sure everything, which taking a little riskier slant to things, again, doesn't mean that you have to throw complete caution and, and sanity out the window. I, I think there's uh, there's a little bit of an uh, of an alignment. There's some balance, and and that's where it helps. I think your and I relationship creates that balance where we can look at things. The example you gave after the financial planner, and we can go have that discussion. We can sit down over a tea or coffee or whatever, and we can say, you know, hey, look, here's the pros, here's the cons, here's what we're trying to do now, here's what we've done. Where do we want to go with that level of risk versus that level of let's just call it conservation or so. Yes, I, I, I think we we've gotten better at it. I think you've gotten better at it, and and you you've even helped me right kind of come into the fold a little bit to be a little little less of a, a little less of a risk taker. But at the same time, uh, the the risk taking I've always told you the risk taking is calculated. Yes, and I think that's where people you know you mentioned bravery. I, I do think yes. I mean, any anytime someone steps out from something that they they know very well or they're comfortable with, you, you can say, yes, that's per, that person is brave for taking that first step, right? And and that, I think that's almost like requirement. But it, it's not like you're jumping in front of, you know, on a, on a train track of a, of, a, of a train coming down and you're, you're saving a dog off the train track, right? Like not that type of bravery, right? Like there's, right. There, there's a sense of, of bravery and control. And I think when somebody gives you a little bit of that guidance that, that helps you understand like what you can control as part of that bravery, give you a blue, uh, a, a little bit of a, a path, if you will, yeah. onto like what you're stepping into and some guidance, then that that bravery again, that risk taking becomes more calculated, which makes that first those first few steps a little bit more easier to uh, to take. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say this, it it should never be risk because I have a lot of people obviously that go to step into my world also with mentorship and guidance. Right. And I always put it this way that it should never be risk that puts your security and safety and family's financial well-being in jeopardy. Right. Like you and I would never make a decision that would jeopardize our children's college funds or a decision that would jeopardize our home or things like that. But the decisions have always been is this within the realm of reality for us to manage? Then yes, we trust ourselves to manage it. And especially like this is this is the the spouse part, right? Not many people have two spouses that are entrepreneurs, right? Most entrepreneurs have a spouse who's in a more traditional work setting or a homemaker or whatever. And we've had all iterations of that. You've been an entrepreneur while I was in a full-time corporate employment. You've been an entrepreneur while I was the stay-at-home spouse. You've been an entrepreneur while I was your entrepreneurial partner in several different business ventures. And now we're both running you know, multiple businesses. But it's always been about, we find the balance with the safety of of how we function and how we live comes first, but right. we talk through the other piece because we understand the other piece 
together. And that's the part that I think is really difficult for marriages when there isn't that open dialogue and the, the understanding of, I know that this is a risk for our family, but like you said, the risk is calculated and here's where my brain's going with it. And this is for our family. This isn't a selfish move. This isn't a, I just want to go do this thing on a whim. This is a, I'm doing this to move our family forward because truly every move that we have made separately in business, but also together, has always moved our family forward, even the ones that didn't take off. Even the companies that didn't take off have always moved us in a forward direction because we did that together. Absolutely. And you you learn something every single time. And I think that there's probably 10 or 15, you know, snippets of of advice I've been given over the year, which are years which I retain. And I, I think one of them is, you know, investing in yourself. You know, you can almost never go wrong, something along those lines. And I I think that's super important because when you're in a relationship and you're thinking about a journey into entrepreneurship or or similar, any sort of investment, because that's what it's going to be, right? If you're stepping out on that that ledge, you're taking that first step. That investment, when you're investing in yourself, it's hard to go wrong there. And I think it's also easier to have that conversation with a partner in that you're not just going to go out and buy a hundred used cars. And, you know, have that inventory and say, I'm doing this for right. us. And you right. got under, you know, use cars, but investing in oneself to understand maybe some of the particulars about, you know, taking that next step and, and that type of thing, then that's something I think it's always been easier for us and then some other, you know, couples that we've seen to, to really kind of assess that investment and, and looking at the family at the same time and looking at the big picture to say, yes, that that's an investment that, that that's going to help us move forward. Right. Even if that first step uh, could be just, you know, scary, uh, uh, scary. I was going to say kind of like a like a wash. But, you know, the wash is really as long as you're moving forward, you're going to learn something. Right. You're going to pick up something new that you can then take to the next step. And that might be your journey. Right. That that might be it takes you five steps to get where you want to be or 10 steps where you want to be. But as long as you're moving forward and and you're always investing in yourself, always learning. I don't know how you can go wrong. And I actually love that you just said this. This was not planned, you guys. But the masterclass that's actually happening in April is called Fail Forward because every single step, as long as you're attaching it to what's the lesson here, we're moving forward. So thank you for promoting the April masterclass for me without knowing that that's what was happening. But I want to go back real quick. Thank you. I want to go back real quick to something you said earlier um, or just a couple minutes ago when you said it's about investing in yourself. I feel like that's the part that is the easier conversation to have with your spouse also because when you're investing in your Yourself, you're stating boldly, I trust myself in this process. And your spouse should be the person you trust the most, right? Like if there's financial and business conflict, I feel like in a marriage, it's usually because there's no trust. There's not openness. There's mm-hmm. not trust. And I trust you implicitly. I've said this before, even when you've made choices that didn't pan out, I've always like, I've said to you, if you've thought about this and you've calculated this, even though it scares the crap out of me sometimes, I trust you implicitly that there's a plan behind that journey, even if your plan's not as detailed in steps and sub-steps and sub-sub-steps as mine is, but I still trust yeah. you in that journey. And I feel like that's that's the part that makes the difference in whether or not an entrepreneurial marriage or a marriage where even one partner is an entrepreneur 
or more risk averse than the other or vice versa. If that marriage is going to work, that's the part that has to be in place. Are you having open dialogue? Are you bringing the issues that are coming up for you to the table? Are you saying, wait, stop, we need to sit, let's go to Starbucks, I have to talk this out and I'm scared here or I'm nervous or whatever. And then are you having trust in that other person that you've chosen as your life partner? If you don't trust them with a business decision, maybe this is not the right life partner choice because that's a whole lot more risk than whether or not a business is going to go. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and we've always had that ability and obviously trust you implicitly that the fact that I'm on your podcast should right? tell you that. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, okay, money for a lot of people is a very difficult conversation in general, whether, whether you're, you know, you're, you're talking about buying something for the, you know, the house, something you guys share together. If you have kids buying, you know, larger expense. So definitely venturing out into something that's going to make somebody, you know, self-sufficient, self-sustaining, self-employed, entrepreneurial. That's, that's a conversation. So yeah, it might all start at, at kind of the, the lower level of not to go into great detail, but you know, like, is there a shared checking account, right? Like some basics of things and uh, going back to just simple principles of let's call it accounting, right? If you look at uh, Warren Buffett, you know, when he was asked, like, what was the one thing you wish you had learned better when you were younger? He, a reporter asked him once, and it was, I wish I took accounting courses sooner in my life rather than later, because at the end of the day, we're all dealing with some type of budget, either for your household, for your company, you've got to learn basic, you know, uh, account and record and booking and checking, you know, keeping. So uh, at the end of the day, that's an important, important skill to have. And if you can't have an open conversation about, about dollars and, dollar and money and investments, some of these other yeah. things become very difficult as well. So true. And I say this to my audience all the time. You guys who are listening, you know this, you got to get over your money shit. I grew up with money shit. Christian grew up with different money shit, but we both brought money shit to the table that had to be navigated. And you can't move forward in your own journey or in a collective journey, either as entrepreneurs or even just life partners, if you can't deal with your money shit. Like, Figure that out. Figure out what the trigger is. Figure out why you're hung up on stuff. Figure out where the fear is. Figure out what you need to move through, navigate through, get help with, you know, learn to do accounting, learn to do whatever, but get over that because it's going to be a really, really difficult journey in running a business on your own even, but then add a partner to the mix if you cannot navigate your own money stuff. Which speaking of, this is going to be my last question for you, and then we're going to wrap it up here in just a second. But what was your thought when I said to you, I want to go build this coaching business, you know, after we sold the other business and and we were kind of good, but I was like, I have this desire to do this thing. And I said, I'm about to go sign this contract. That's going to be a $15,000 commitment. And I don't want to take any of our money. I'm going to figure out how to do it. But like, it scares the shit out of me. Do you remember this conversation? You were in the garage putting away Christmas stuff. Do you remember very this? Good. Yeah. And I was like in tears. I was in tears because I was wrestling with this so much. But what was your, what was your thought knowing who I am when I said, I'm I'm declaring this. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I want to go do this. What was your thought? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was one of it was a little bit of confusion at the time because I was putting putting away some things and uh, was kind of worried. What, you know, I was interested in what you were on about. That's hard. Yeah, I, I made you multitask. You know, I can two bubble gum and walk down the sidewalk at the same time. But I I trust in your ability. I know your ability. What you're capable of. You're amazing, and uh, just all the skills that you you know the the talent and skills you already have. And then just applied with this extra layer. It was really just taking that next step. And uh, the the cost of the step obviously has you know re- returned multifold dividends on that. And and it just goes back to some people get drafted into the NBA, right? And you have you know there's skills to do it, 
But what about the other people that have the same level of skills, but they just got picked up for the MBA? Some people have to find the, the way to get to that next step. Same talent, same capability. They just have to find a way to get to that next step. And sometimes it's just right there in front of your face. You just have to be a little brave. And, and that bravery, you know, in this case, came down to some an investment and in, in a number of dollars, right? It was just the, seeing the big picture and saying, yes, I can get to that next level. I just need this, this little bit of a lift, right, to get to that next level. And that, and that was it. Once, once that was understood in about three, three minutes time, it was like, of course, of course, this is going to happen. Go. And I love you for that because not, and this is the part where a lot of people struggle, right? When the, when the spouse isn't a risk taker or not entrepreneurial where, where they don't understand and then it becomes a confrontational thing and then one party feels let down and so forth and so on. But the part that you just said was you just have to take the next step. I always, I always tell people you just have to move. You have to move. Nothing's going to come to you. Stuff comes from momentum and it's up to you to just at some point decide I'm now going to move because you can stay exactly where you are and be scared of the thing and desire and want to and blah, blah, blah. But if you're not moving, it's just not going to happen or it's at the very best going to happen at a significantly slower rate. <laughs> and You're going to wonder how fast it could have moved if you had just been a little bit more brave. Okay. But on that note, we're going to close this out on a personal thing because I know people are really just here because they want an inside glimpse in uh, in our relationship and you and I. Tell me what is your favorite thing about my personality? Favorite thing about your personality? I would say, well, does this count? First of all, I think you are probably one of the only people I've met and I've met lots of people on this planet at this point that has this uh, this ability to have absolutely speedy rebuttal with great articulation. Is is that a compliment? I don't know. 100%. I'll take that. I own that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I, having a conversation with you, got to be on my, uh, on my toes quite often, especially when we're talking about things like this, because we can fire off something to you. You've got like an immediate answer with an, an amazing rebuttal just based on, you know, experience and personality and, and just the, the way you think. I've been impressed with that day one, day one. So yeah, that was it. That's one of my things. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad this is recorded. Okay. But thank you for that. But I'm now going to also let you say the flip side. What is your least favorite part of my personality? And I promise I will not hold this against you later. Oh, least, um, I would have to say it would be hung up on some small things sometimes. You know, the devil's yes. in the details, but if you pine over the, the small details too much, right? How's that one saying go? You make a mountain out of a molehill. molehill. He's being very polite right now, you guys, because what he's actually trying to say is that I'm super nitpicky on some shit and like I lose <laughs> my mind sometimes over the smallest things. And that's correct. I will own that also. He's being very polite right now because he knows this is recorded and it's my podcast. But there um, yes, I own that. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the same in, in reply. Um, I'll tell you my favorite thing about your personality. And that is that speaking of me being uh, sometimes over the top, you're always calm. Like you have just always kind of been the calm in the storm, even if literally things are falling apart around us, literally figuratively things are falling apart. You're just calm. <laughs> like I know that if if I feel like everything is on fire, I can come to you and say, help, like I'm spiraling and you're just calm. 
no matter what the situation. I, I have appreciated that. Uh, sometimes it has infuriated me because I'm like, why does he not have a reaction? But then I go back to, no, this is good. We can't both have my level of reaction because that would not sustain. Well, I have my moments, but, but thank you. <laughs> very rare though. I mean, it's truly like in 20 years, I can probably count on one hand when sure. you have not remained calm. And and usually with very good reason, sometimes that reason being me pushing until you're no longer calm. And I sure, will own sure. that as well. This is marriage, you guys. This is reality. This is how you make a marriage work for almost 20 years of togetherness. But my least favorite about you, I will share this with you as well, is that your level of concern for organization and messes is significantly smaller than mine. <laughs> significantly smaller than mine. And I, I, and I think you're being nice there as well. If people could only see a, uh, a picture of my office right now. Versus probably, my office. Uh, if you saw his office versus office, my yes. office, um, you would cry or laugh or maybe both at the same time. You should time. do that for your people. You should do it. You should take a picture of my office. Mine's if you like let me, Einstein's I will. Einstein's lab. Yours is like something <laughs> out of I don't know, the Pottery Barn, I don't know, magazine is like... Not know. Pottery Barn. That's that's way too whitewashed generic for me. No, thank yeah. you. But yes, my, mine is very much like HGTV worthy and yours there is you like... Um, yours is like the mad professor of Back to the Future. Like that is... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's okay. I'll do that. I'll do that for Instagram when this goes live. I'll put it on the uh, Embodied CEO um, yes. Instagram page. Amazing. If you guys are still with us, this is the, literally the longest podcast episode I think I've ever recorded, which was to be predicted, honestly, when the two of us get together in a place and talk. But um, babe, I'm so glad that you are here and doing this with me. Thanks for thanks for giving an hour of your time today and working through your own tech handicap to get on the podcast with me. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. All right. Everybody, um, this is going to air, I think, in April. So just a quick heads up for what's coming up. You heard me say earlier, the Fail Forward Masterclass is probably already passed by the time you listen to this. But if you need that reminder of every step you're taking, even if it doesn't pan out the way you want it to pan out, it is a lesson. And what do you do with that lesson is what determines whether or not you're moving forward. So plug into that Masterclass DM me if you need the replay link for that. Also, the program for April is called The Badass. Where are we going with that? It is about, are you the person that is able to step into that role of, I have to be brave, I have to be confident, I have to make the choices because this isn't going to be brought to me. I'm not being drafted in the NBA. I'm going to use my husband's analogy here. I'm going to have to show up and make my way. And do I have the confidence and the wherewithal and the mindset to get myself there? That's what we're stepping through in the badass. If you need a link for that program, message me as always. You can plug into the loop and you will have access to all the things all the time. All the information is going to be in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you, hearing you, talking to you, connecting with you in any and all of the spaces where you can find us. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to the Embodied CEO podcast. To connect with me, Kirsten, head to kirstenscreen.com or find me on Instagram at thekirstenscreen. My DMs are always open, so drop in and say hi. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and share the Embodied CEO podcast. And now go out there and take some action.